Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. First off, shake out those Halloween costumes, because Riverside's weather today is looking spookily spectacular, with a high of 83.2 degrees and a low of 58.9. Now, on to our headlines. Turbulence in Washington as Biden's cabinet secretaries advocate for immediate aid to Israel and Ukraine, though a divided Congress may complicate matters. In healthcare news, 2024 is knocking at the door as we look at the challenges and opportunities for those enrolling in ACA health insurance. Switching gears to tech, key experts and global leaders gear up for a landmark AI safety summit with goals to address risks and sidestep potential harm. Finally, business news reveals Zigona Communications closing in on a mammoth 5 billion euro deal to seize a majority stake in Vodafone Spain. Plenty to get your teeth into on this Halloween edition of Alex's News. We begin this morning with an important report from the Associated Press about a key topic that's causing divisions within Congress international aid distribution. For details, we turn to our news reporter, Ethan. Ethan, what's the latest on this? Well, Grace, definitive lines are being drawn in Congress over the Biden administration's request of $105 billion in emergency aid. This aid is primarily intended for conflicts in Israel and Ukraine, but it also encompasses other areas, such as Taiwan, and the management of migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border. However, disagreements have cropped up. Are these disagreements partisan, Ethan? Yes, they are, Grace. The Senate, which includes majority Democrats and some Republicans, supports aid for both Israel and Ukraine. But over in the House, the majority of Republicans propose to slash aid to Ukraine and concentrate entirely on Israel. They're even considering rerouting funds meant for the Internal Revenue Service to support Israel, creating contrasting approaches and challenges to administering aid. Sounds like this could lead to significant implications, not just for the countries involved, but globally? Absolutely, Grace. The decisions made here could indeed ripple out to create a series of global implications, partly because the countries in question, particularly Israel and Ukraine, are strategically important in their respective regions. And how are top officials responding to this, Ethan? Well, Senate Appropriations Chairwoman Patty Murray and the panel's top Republican, Susan Collins, are attempting to bridge that divide within Congress. They're reportedly working on a bill that includes aid for both Israel and Ukraine as originally requested by President Biden. Also, Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell is pushing for an integrated approach, advocating for the aid for Ukraine and Israel to be tied together, citing urgency. You mentioned opposition among some Senate Republicans earlier. Could this become a significant roadblock? Yes, there is a pocket of Senate Republicans that want to put brakes on the aid to Ukraine or stop it altogether. Some are even working on additional border security measures, likely trying to appeal more to their party. It's an effort that could either slow down or potentially halt aid to Ukraine. And what about the aid for Israel? Could we see progress there? the House could potentially pass the Israel aid by the end of this week, Grace. However, Democrats are voicing concerns over the idea of cutting funding for the Internal Revenue Service to provide this aid. This is such a complex issue, Ethan, and one we will definitely keep our eyes on as it unfolds. Thanks for that detailed report. Absolutely, Grace. It's my pleasure. And yes, as the Fort Worth Star-Telegram underscored, 
the contrasting approaches within Congress indeed display the challenges faced in passing the aid package and the potential global implications. The need for swift action is palpable, and we will certainly continue observing this important topic closely. Our second report this morning takes us into healthcare, specifically the 2024 Affordable Care Act open enrollment period. To demystify what we can expect, Chloe joins us with an in-depth analysis of the situation. Chloe, could you first give us an introduction to what's currently happening? Absolutely, Grace. So, the 2024 ACA open enrollment period brings both challenges and opportunities for those seeking health insurance coverage. While premiums for unsubsidized plans are rising, which could be a burden for some, but the temporary enhancement of subsidies courtesy of the Inflation Reduction Act could offer some financial help for the majority of marketplace shoppers. Now, with individuals losing Medicaid coverage potentially leading to an increase in enrollment, it's important that everyone affected is aware of their options. So, it's shaping up to be a quite dynamic enrollment period. Could you give us some insight into how insurer participation might impact the marketplaces? Absolutely, Grace. Insurer participation is expected to be more robust in 2024, which could potentially lead to more affordable and diverse plan options for consumers. It's expected that there would be more insurers entering new markets than exiting. State-level policy changes, such as Virginia's new enrollment platform and California's additional cost-sharing reduction subsidies, would also impact eligibility, costs, and enrollment methods. That sounds like there are many changes happening. What about the changes to the auto-re-enrollment policy on healthcare.gov? What implications could this have? Good question, Grace. Changes to this policy will automatically move individuals currently enrolled in bronze plans to silver plans with lower deductibles and cost-sharing, if the premium remains the same or lower. The idea here is to provide individuals with more comprehensive coverage while maintaining affordability. That should definitely make things easier for a few folks. On another note, what provisions does the new enrollment period provide for young adults? Well, Grace, young adults turning 26 in 2024 will now have until the next open enrollment period to transition from their parents' health insurance to their own plan. This allows them to have more time throughout this significant life transition. So with all these changes, premiums, insurer participation, state policies, and enrollment methods, how can individuals ensure they make the best decision for themselves? Yes, Grace, being informed is key. Individuals should be aware of their plans network, ask questions, review their needs, and most importantly take advantage of available resources. With an automatic 60-day extension to submit proof of income, they would have ample time to gather the necessary documentation to ensure their eligibility for subsidies. Really insightful analysis, Chloe. The information might help our listeners in weighing their options and making informed decisions. Where did your sources of information come from? My information came from various sources, Grace. To name a couple, healthinsurance.org provided tips for navigating the 2024 ACA enrollment season, while the Kaiser Family Foundation reported on five changes to watch out for in the 2024 ACA marketplace's open enrollment. Thanks for gathering all this information for us, Chloe. This has been most informative. My pleasure, Grace. I think it's important that everyone stays informed as the 2024 ACA open enrollment period approaches. 
Story 3 today is a comprehensive update on the world of artificial intelligence, courtesy of the Financial Times and The Guardian. From increased fears about safety and ethics to revolutionary advancements in the AI sector, it seems that there's much on the plate for the global leaders and experts in the field. Let's bring in Ethan, our resident AI specialist correspondent. Ethan, let's start with the big event, this historic summit at Bletchley Park. It is indeed a significant event, Grace. Set to take place in the very location where key cryptography work took place during World War II, the summit is scheduled to delve into the risks presented by unrestricted AI development, and more importantly, how to address these issues. We're expecting insightful discussions from a cross-section of world leaders, tech giants and experts in the field. To name a few, Elon Musk, UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, US Vice President Kamala Harris, and European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen are all set to participate. A few missing figures though, Biden, Macron, Trudeau? That's right. Not everyone is attending. Given the increasing importance of AI in our society, their absence is certainly noticeable. So, one of the main items on the agenda involves frontier AI systems. Can you break that down for us? Without going too technical, frontier AI systems essentially represent the future of AI, models so capable they could match or even surpass today's most advanced AI. This includes continuing development efforts by tech giant Meta, OpenAI, and Google, amongst others. With these advancements comes the need to guarantee that these models have been rigorously examined and monitored to avoid any possibility of harm. What are the potential outcomes of this summit, Ethan? While the summit isn't expected to finalize a rigid regulatory body, the primary objective is to establish a consensus on these risks and propose strategies to keep them in check. There's an anticipation that commitments could be secured, possibly slowing the development of frontier AI models. UK's Prime Minister Rishi Sunak also has plans to assemble a smaller team to focus on AI safety standards. And then there's the regulatory perspective, with the US, G7 countries, and even individual nations tightening their stance. That's right. Recent events underline how high the stakes are. President Biden issued an executive order on AI, requiring developers to share safety test results with the US government. The G7 implemented guiding principles for responsible AI development, but enforcing them might present challenges. Many countries, including Canada, the US, China, Brazil, and Japan have established their own regulations. India, as the council chair of the Global Partnership on Artificial Intelligence, is also pushing for more regulation. Lastly, with all these issues at play, what's the stand of UK government on global regulation? The UK seems hesitant, as of now, to commit fully to a global regulatory body. However, they are organizing an AI summit of their own to address the long-term risks. Nonetheless, the Financial Times continues to stress on the need for regulations. Absolutely, Grace. It emphasizes that despite differing opinions, governments globally must establish rules and limits for AI development. Such regulations would not only protect citizens against adverse impacts of AI but also provide guidance to the industry. Thank you, Ethan, for that deep dive into the AI world, where safety, ethics, and advancements all are part of the balancing act. We'll be keeping a close eye on this historic summit and the shifts it could precipitate in the AI landscape. Now on to our final story of the day. Chloe is here to give us an in-depth analysis on an exciting development in the telecommunication industry. Chloe, what's going on? Well, Grace, Zigona Communications, a European telecommunications investment firm, 
is reportedly close to securing a deal to purchase a majority stake in Vodafone Spain. According to Total Telecom, the deal is estimated to be worth more than 5 billion euros. Now Chloe, what will this mean for Vodafone? It looks like it will be a significant boost for Vodafone. As mentioned in the Reuters report, Vodafone has found it challenging to secure a foothold in the competitive Spanish market. The source also suggests Vodafone's intention is to refocus on markets where they have a better structure and adequate local scale. So, could this be a game-changer in the telecoms market, especially for Vodafone Spain? Exactly, Grace. This deal will allow Vodafone to allocate more resources to their core markets. The Wall Street Journal reports this sale will help drive down Vodafone's debt, which has been a significant company focus. Now can we talk about the other party involved, Zigona Communications? Of course, Grace. Zigona's previous successful venture into owning the Basque cable operator Uskaltel does bode well for this potential deal. The specifics of this new investment are still unclear, but they could venture into a joint alliance or an outright acquisition. And how will Zigona plan to fund this acquisition? Reuters suggests that Zigona will use a mix of new debt, financing from Vodafone, and some old-fashioned equity raising. The financing from Vodafone here could come in the form of a hefty loan estimated at around 900 million euros. What are the possible implications of this deal on the Spanish telecommunications market? Well, since Vodafone Spain holds a substantial portion of the market share, a change in ownership could cause a major market shakeup. It's definitely a significant move by Zigona Communications, further enhancing its presence in the telecom sector. And when can we expect this deal to be finalized? While the exact date has not been disclosed yet, both parties seem eager to get it done soon. The Wall Street Journal and Market Screener reports suggest the agreement is expected to conclude in the near future, although shareholder and regulatory approvals are still pending. That certainly paints a clearer picture, Chloe. Thanks for covering the story in such detail. Always happy to help, Grace. This is definitely an exciting development and it will be intriguing to see how it pans out. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.